0: Om purna Purnamidam, purna midam purnaat purna mudachyate purnasya purna madaya purna meva vashishyate Om shanti 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 Asatoma sadgamaya Tamasoma ma jyotirgamaya muryo amrutangamaya Om shanti 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 Namaste everyone we at Advaita Academy welcome you all to this one-month-long Oneness Festival, a global celebration of Adi Shankara Ji, which is almost coming to an end now. All good things have to come to an end. In this session, we first have the discussion between Nitin Sridhar Ji and Harikaran Varlam- Ji on non-dualism in contemporary art. This will be followed by a Kannada video talk on Shankaracharya Ji's Parakaya Pravesh by Dr. Ganesh Bhatji. And now for the new attendees, we have four different sessions every day. Two in the morning at 6 a.m. Indian Standard Time and two in the evening at 6.30 p.m. Indian Standard Time. Nitin Ji is an author and speaker who writes on politics, Dharma, Vedanta. He is the author of five books with Samanya Dharma, being his most recent book. His next book is an English commentary on Isha Vasya Upanishad. He is currently the chief curator of Advaita Academy and the editor of India Fans. Hari is, is a venture investor, social entrepreneur, seeker, and aspiring artist. He is working on a global renaissance that is based on indic civilizational thoughts and founded by indic he and founded indic academy a non not for profit institution for this purpose in 2015 he is also founder of advaita academy in five years of existence of indic academy and is is perhaps the fastest growing social enterprise that is combination Or has principal elements in open society, open university, a think tank, a publishing house, incubator, donor agency, NGO, and and whatnot. Through artificial intelligence, he envisions India emerging as a soft superpower in our own lifetime, leading the global agenda on health, peace, sustainability, and happiness. His social, political, economic, and cultural outlook is one of a Dharmic liberal. It is a great job of of Indian uh, Indic Society, Indic Academy. It, no time is is better than what it is today, when when we feel the almost collapse of enlightened Western enlightenment thinking based culture of of the competition and and the markets and and democracy. Communism has also failed to deliver the much needed support to the theoretical base for organizing principles of the society. One size fits all a kind of, kind of the bedrock principles of our organizing societies in form of democracy and, and freedom and market seems to have been failing off and on The social, political, economic and moral ethical fabric is, is, is weakening. It simply is not working properly markets and democracies sans moral and ethical fabric have already shown the ugly signs. Communist model has almost certified to have been failed. Rest, quote unquote rest, following the West in, in downloading those six killer apps a la Neil Ferguson uh, proposition for organizing the societies is, is giving bad results from time to time. Results are seen and experienced, not very promising or not very, very benevolent. The order is, is collapsing on an on ongoing basis. The corona has, has given ugly shape. So in this such situation, we strongly believe that the Shankar Advaita Vedanta as a, as a bedrock principle for organizing principles of the society will give an effective alternative. And the Indic Academy and Advaita Academy is poised to be a foundation-laying institution for doing this. That work is is as big as the work of the Enlightenment thinkers of the West in 17th and 18th and 19th century. Now, may I request the discussion on non-duality in in contemporary art between between Nitin Sridharji and the um, founder of, of Indic Academy Mr. Harikiran Kiran Good evening, all. Uh, uh, very warm
1: welcome to the session. And uh, I just wanted to, uh, while I'm here live, uh, we, uh, Nitin and I, we just recorded the uh, conversation sometime back. So, we want to play that. And uh, after that, uh, uh, I'm here to answer uh, any questions.
2: Speak Guru Piyo Namaha. Uh, Namaste, Harekaranji, and Namaste. Uh, uh, very happy to be having this conversation today. I have uh, uh, known you for more than five years, and I very well know you're interested in both the uh, uh, Dvaita Vedanta and art, so when I saw the topic, you know, non-dualism in, in contemporary art, and I was immediately fascinated, and uh, so I'll start. the way jump with a question uh, how did you get into all this, you know? Uh, was it that your uh, you discovered art because of your uh, investigation into Advaita? Or is your interest in uh, art, uh, or was it the reverse, that uh, your interest in art led to you to Advaita Vedanta? Thank you,
1: Nitin. Um, I was actually always... Uh, fascinated with art and philosophy right from my childhood. I was, I was having two uh, distinct uh, uh, passions, uh, both pursuit of uh, study of philosophy and uh, also, uh, also art. So it was, uh, both of them were there parallelly uh, during my entire childhood. But uh, at some point, they sort of intersected, and I guess that point came um, first when I started my journey into Vedanta, which was uh, way back in uh, the year two thousand and one. When I uh, that's when my journey into uh, Vedanta started, and uh, somewhere, uh, probably around two thousand. Uh, 2005, 2006, the intersection uh, started when when I started uh, visiting a lot of uh, sculpture parks around the world. And uh, when I was exposed to contemporary art, global contemporary art, uh, so to speak, um, that's when uh, slowly I started understanding uh, the beauty of contemporary art. And uh, this sort of started intersecting, and in both uh, my interests in Vedanta on one hand, and contemporary art in the other hand. On the other hand, started intersecting uh, after 2006, sort of, and uh, you know, it started getting uh, deeper and deeper as my pursuit of uh, Vedanta also increased, and as my travels and as my exposure to uh, contemporary art also increased. And uh, I think around 2010, 2011, it sort of uh, manifested itself in further forms when I set up uh, Creative India Academy and started promoting uh, uh, Indian artists. And uh, So broadly, that's the period where I would say the intersection uh, started. Wonderful. So I I have heard you uh,
2: speak of this, that uh you try to see vedantic themes uh, in the contemporary art and uh, also you use this art kind of to uh, kind of refine your own understanding of uh, vedanta so can you share about some of the contemporary artists you know whose work has inspired you and, and whose works you see the themes of uh, uh, oneness and non-duality
1: Sure. Actually, um, uh, in fact, uh, my uh, my presentation, I have uh, several artists who have uh, who are enjoyed and uh, who who I uh, learned uh, from uh, from them. But uh, before that, uh, this itself, I'm I'm, I'm feeling i I'm feeling a bit of out of place in this festival, in the sense that uh, you know you have uh, for thirty days you have several shastra scholars and you have uh, sages you have ardent seekers you have several variety of uh, uh, of uh, speakers in the last 30 days you have artists and then uh, i am feeling a bit of out of place in the sense that suddenly there is this non dualism and contemporary art and how uh, how that fits in so I'm, I, I first of all i to all the all the listeners and who have enjoyed this festival Um, I I want to just say that this is one of those things where I I just felt, I mean, this is my passion and I just felt that uh, this would be a good opportune time for me to share uh, some of these uh, thoughts. So uh, sorry for this aberration, uh, so to speak. But uh, if you look at uh, Vedantic teaching uh, itself, you will see that there are number of usages of uh, metaphors, right? Uh, and and every metaphor, like you know, we have the uh, snake and the rope metaphor, or you have the the gold in the bracelet metaphor, you have the water, the, the the wave in the ocean metaphors, and you have so many uh, stories. So all of these are uh, are uh, sort of. Um, uh, in a way, art, uh, because art itself is a form of uh, metaphor, because I, I, an, an artist is trying to communicate something uh, indirectly uh, through, his, uh, through his creation. Uh, there is a sense of uh, his life, his values, his understanding of his world around him, his reality around him, and uh, he synthesizes all of that into his creation. Uh, and then you have the you have the viewer, you have the person who is viewing the viewing the art. Uh, he has his own journey, his own ex- sense of experiences, his own sense of values, and then with that lens, uh, he views uh, the artist's uh, creation. So you have uh, sometimes what the artist meant and what the viewer has seen and perceived, they match. And sometimes they don't. Uh, But still there is enjoyment. Uh, There is still uh, the viewer gets something uh, out of that beauty that has been created. Uh, But it's something different from what the artist has uh, intended. And most of uh, my journey in, 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 uh, in, uh, in art in the last 15 years has been that, uh, that I wear a sort of a Vedantic lens, an Advaitic lens, whenever I see art. And, uh, and that art which is, uh, I respond to invariably has a Vedantic lens. So I found that increasingly I like only art which has a Vedantic message. So otherwise, it's okay. I mean, it's figuratively nice, or it's 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 whatever. It's a nice concept, nice this thing. But if I don't see uh, something uh, uh, something that strikes me and makes me remember a concept, uh, then uh, it's okay. But once I, I see that, then uh, man, I'm just excited about it and. I jump all over the place. And all, and, and in fact, the artist wouldn't even have imagined that somebody would be viewing it with that, with that lens. So you, you must understand. So just to go back to that concept of Visesha Ananda and Atmananda. So art ultimately gives you the pleasure, right? It's, it's one of those object and an object that gives you pleasure. But it's a journey into Atmananda, right? Yeah, because, because said it. you know, it's a journey for me because it goes back to the source. And, and I feel, uh, I feel that uh, oneness with the art, especially those art forms that, uh,
2: that I uh, like. That, that's a very... Uh very wonderful apt way of putting And uh, I remember uh, even when I was in school and we used to have these competitions like uh, where some images are shown and we are asked to interpret. I remember that I always uh, used to try to see for a philosophical deeper meaning in a very mundane art. So I, I, I can uh, see an uh, echo in what you say that we wear a Vedantic lens and I uh, see everything. And uh, you know, it's 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 very interesting because um, you spoke about this uh, art uh, leading to inner journey for Ananda, and I remember uh, a very uh, interesting thing that uh, in the in some of the bhakti schools they speak about uh, this bhakti rasa as uh, uh, brahmananda Sahodara, you know, and then they do these kinds of meditations, I mean, and Lila meditation, and it's kind of art, you know, it's an art, and they they, they, they conceive this rasa or the pleasure derived from art as a tahodha, and a brother of uh, ultimate Brahmananda. So I, I find it very fascinating. Yeah. Uh, so can you now share, uh, you know? Sure. I have a presentation. I have,
1: presentation. I have 15 sections. <laughs> I'll just uh, quickly walk through them. Uh the first thing is that I, I, I see uh, non-dualism uh, in symbols. And, and my journey uh, uh, as a sort of an artist, uh, in, in, as, a, as a non-dual artist, uh, started with trying to create the logo for Advaita Academy. Uh, so that was my first, uh, uh, first uh, step, so to speak. And uh, before that, there's a, there's a Chinese artist uh, whom I came across in uh, Singapore called Min Yayo. And uh, his painting is a very, very interesting painting. And um, if you see that, can you see the screen? Yeah, yeah,
2: I can. Yeah,
1: yeah so if you see that, uh, it's a very, uh, very, uh, I, I have this painting and, and I was very, uh, very much in love with it. So you actually see the head of a man like this you know is tilted like that and then you see that the the lines that he draws uh, you know the lines that he draws are just when the, when he wants to create the form of the the human face he thickens it and then once he leaves that he lightens it so it's the same lines you know it's it's just a cloud is it's a cloud it's it's a uh, 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 wherein you can see masi there. You can straight away see that you are that. You can see the man, the jiva, and the Brahman, uh, 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 and and the, both of them are the same because the artist has not painted the man separately. you see Because yeah. he has taken the yeah. lines yeah. Yeah. and just at that point he strengthens it and then takes lights it. So it's it's a, you know when I saw that and I said wow this is this is an interesting way of. Uh, representing that thing and then um, one of the, my my favorite uh, uh, artist anthony gormley his is from uk he created this uh, uh, thing called quantum cloud uh, this outside london uh, in the piers and the name itself quantum uh, sort of you know when you you know it takes your mind to quantum physics right and you you get into uh, you get into reality and what the physics are physicians are physicists are trying to do uh, and then therefore uh, we know what consciousness is but but when what the what people are trying to do in terms of understanding matter uh, uh, understanding matter uh, and 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 he presents that in the form of a cloud and and it's a very interesting again a sculpture it's a physical sculpture made of hardcore tent steel and uh, you can see the sculpture that there again you can see the man you can see the whole human figure and you can see the cloud the quantum cloud right so yeah. you can see both at the same time and when in different directions sometimes you can see the man sometimes you can't see the the, the human form and uh, this is uh, see now you can't you can't make out in this really the it's just a you a mesh of steel uh, and the form is not clear again uh, so this is the first uh, so if, you know brahman uh, satyam jagat mitya Devo brahma and you know that that uh, that reality. There, I, I see reality in forms of steel, right? hard steel, which doesn't change, the quantum cloud, right? And, and there's no difference between uh, that, that reality and the individual. So this sort of, uh, sort of again, that, that thing stuck me. And then I said, okay, let me make this as the first logo of Advaita Academy was this. Uh, you can see that the form uh. of the human figure, and then you can see the quantum cloud there. Again, the urge to represent uh, the unity of both the uh, both of reality and the jiva, right? Uh, Brahman and jiva. So, that is uh, that was the first logo. And uh, in fact, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it is just one of those experiments and uh, kind of the thing.
2: And so then when I see that image. Uh... When I see that image, it it, it reminds me of, you know, uh, fluctuating fire, you know, the Agni, the fluctuating fire, the form is constantly changing. It has a form, but it does not have a form. So it, it, it kind of, you know, uh, reminds me of that uh, imagery. Like Brahman is both Saguna and Nirguna has a form, does not have a form, nothing is clear. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's very, very interesting, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So then um, this was, uh, so in 2000, uh, yeah, you know, 2010, uh, I um, I came across this book uh, by uh, John Langdon. Uh, John Langdon is a very interesting uh, uh, person. He's actually, I don't know, you, you've read Dan Brown's books, right? You've, you've read Angels and yeah. and you've read all his books. Uh, and the protagonist in Dan Brown, Brown's books is by Professor Robert Langdon. Yes. That's the hero. Professor Robert Langdon. The Langdon word is taken from John Langdon. Because okay. Dan, Brown, <laughs> Dan Brown, when he wrote Angels and Demons, he got in touch with John Langdon because John Langdon specializes uh, in ambigrams. An ambigram is a word that can be read the same both ways. And uh, he, was, uh, he, he, he and Spot Kim, they were two parallelly who created this concept of ambigrams. An ambigram wherein in whichever way you see, it's the same thing. So suddenly I got this idea that, uh, you know what, Advaita should be an ambigram. You know, and uh, he, I, I wrote to the professor John Langdon uh, and uh, said, uh, you know, can you make an ambigram of Advaita? And uh, first he said some words lend themselves to easily to ambigrams, some some words don't. And um, he said, yeah, let me try. Then he came back and he said, wow, I'm able to do it and then he created uh, this ambigram for uh, advaita so if you see this this uh, this you, you you see this logo every day and, and most of the viewers who are watching this festival you see the clip in the beginning so this is advaita so this a d v a i t a but the thing is that you can read the same thing the viewers. so you see that that's an ambigram so not to two, it's, it's one, right? So Advaita can be read both ways. And, 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 and that's a, a, an ambigram that uh, I got it created by uh, Professor Langdon. Because suddenly I got this idea that look, why don't we think about the logo uh, of Advaita as an ambigram? And, and that's how uh, this has happened. Then I was not satisfied with it. And I said, uh, I don't talk to him, he said, I have a few more words. Uh, he said, okay, give me. And then uh, the second one was not to two. So this is a circular ambigram. So if you can read it both ways, you can just turn around and see it's not two. It's continuous. It's not two, not two, not two, not two, not two, not two, not two. Not two. And if you read it this way or this way, it's the same. So a not two is also an ambigram that has been created, right? Amazing. <laughs> and uh, this is Tapcomasi. Right? T-A-T-T-B-A-M-A-S-I, Tattva Masi. And there you go. That's an ambigram too. You can read it both ways and you'll see you're that. <laughs> and the next one is Thou Art That. So I was not I'm satisfied there. with Tattva Masi. I said, Thou Art That. So we made that. You can see that. You can see closely. Thou art that. Thou art that, right? Yeah, yeah. That thou art. So you can see that it's a. It's a. It, this is called a circular ambigram. So it doesn't break the flow, and it can be read both ways. It's the same, right? And this is a simple one. Okay. So you can see one. And uh, you can see it like this also. It's one. So, this is, uh, these are the camps that uh, uh, John Langdon has made for Advaita. And it all came to a simple desire to communicate the meaning. Uh, you know, we call it shabda pramana. In a way, this is shabda pramana. This is, you know, I'm communicating through the word physically, the essence of Advaita you know it's it's just a one of those uh, beautiful things that uh... and then a friend of mine uh, from uh, uk who read uh, who read this famous book uh, uh, the book of one so we were republishing the second edition and i wanted to create an ad ad campaign uh, which we published in yoga journal and other places so i wanted to create an ad ad campaign so i was not sure so i wrote to professor langdon i said uh, I said, Professor, because Dan Brown, at that time, in 2011, released The Lost Symbol. Okay. He, 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 his book, uh, the latest book was Lost Symbol. Right? <laughs> so I wanted to pun on that uh, because I, I want to take advantage and ride on Dan Brown's uh, popularity and uh, so I wrote to Professor Langdon and said, look, I want to play this mischief and I want to, you know, uh, you know a little bit of chutzpah, you know, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to use your name uh, and, and uh, release an advertisement. So he said, no problem. You, you, you love chutzpah, I love chutzpah too. So And then he said, go ahead, no problem. So I, I, I punned on the fact that Danburn was releasing his book, The Lost Symbol. And then I said, professor, because John Langton is also a professor. Right. He's a yeah. professor at university. So I said, Professor Langdon unveils a new symbol. And then I put one, not two, Advaita and all that and said, Professor John Langdon, widely credited to, as the founder of contemporary ambigrams, art form, whose name and work have been used by Dan Brown in the best-selling novels, has devised an ambigram representing the concept of Advaita or non-duality effectively meaning not to Advaita reveals that the nature of both ourselves and the universe is essentially one the book of one by Dennis white so I just advertised so so I, I, I just enjoyed punning on Professor Langdon and creating this uh, campaign so it's one of those things
2: so have you uh, interacted with uh, other artists uh, apart from Professor Langdon as well that you showed uh, that sharing your uh, perspective on their art?
1: Uh, on and off, sometimes you hit, uh, I'll tell you some of the Chinese artists and I'll, I'll come to that. Sometimes you, you. sometimes they're too big. Sometimes you make a connect. So yes, I I, I do interact. So one of the things that uh, uh, art has taught me is the concept of or the witness uh, element to it. And Anthony Gormley, has really contributed to that uh, understanding of what it means to be a witness, a non-judgmental witness, uh, and and, and to see the world passing by. To be the movie screen metaphor again. (laughs) The world is a stage metaphor again. So again, you see a lot of metaphors that uh, keep coming up. And um, so I came up with this concept of, I witness, therefore I am. Uh, So the I am is a witness. uh, and, And therefore, because I'm witnessing, I am and not uh, the other way. And uh, this is a series that uh, uh, that uh, Anthony has, Anthony Gormley has done. Uh, it's it's uh, called Event Horizon, Horizon Field, uh, Inside Australia. There's a series of uh, installations he does where he puts human figures in the most uh, obscure places. Like one in the Crosby Beach, he has put human figures in the water. He's put them in the Alps in Switzerland. He's put them in the city. And he's put them in Australia in a, in, in a lake uh, called Lake Ballard uh, outside of Perth. Uh, and, you know, It's like a huge 70 miles uh, radius kind of a lake bed. So he's put all these figures. He loves that. Uh, so you can see that here the man is witnessing the, the city. You can see that this, that image there. Is, yeah. Here, this is in inside Australia, so this is like a like a big sand lake bed, in which he's put in uh, these installations. So you have to drive quite a long distance and just enjoy this. So here, these are in Alps. So they're all fixed there. Okay. They're all fixed there. I mean, it's not like. It's not like a museum, it's not like a park. They're all in natural environments, bearing the elements, you know, facing the elements. They're all there. They're there, like they're somewhere there. So you can come across, if you're hiking in Alps, you'll come across suddenly something there. But, see? This is this is uh, Crosby Beach in, the, in in near Scotland, UK. Uh, see, you can see all those figures there in the water. So, the high tide, they get drowned, and the low tide, you can actually see that they're all fixed there in the water in the beach. So, this this is this has been a very uh, very uh, a profound impact on me. This these installations have have had a, a very big impact on me just because. You know, uh, something is outside uh, the city in the elements in water uh, in the mountains. What are they watching? What, what are they witnessing? You know, you put yourself in that. You're just sitting there. And you're observing, right? So if you're in the city, you're observing all the things that are happening in the city and all the things that are, you know, you're in New York and you're observing all the greed and all that stuff that's happening. If you have the elements you're watching time pass by and you're just observing, right? You're just a witness. This has had a very uh, deep impact on me, the concept of uh, Sakshibhava that, that uh, you know, that is, and that has come, come again when I own, when I created uh, uh, the installation, that element found place. And that's why I, I mentioned this, the kind of impact.
2: So this is the installation. You created this in your school, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so I can, I can now proudly say I'm an artist. So I, because I, I did one installation in my life. So I can say I'm an artist. Uh, but yeah. So this is, uh, I, this is my alma mater, a school I studied in all, all my life, right from childhood. And uh, my, I'm still in touch with the, the, the founder and the principal. And she reached out to me and said, Kiran, can you? We are celebrating 50 years. Can you, can you make something for us? Uh, and then, uh, uh, so she she, she said uh, she said that left, left image. She said, can you make something like that for us? Uh, is it possible for you to do that? I said, look, I'm not a figurative kind of a person. I'm a more a conceptual uh, uh, kind of a person. So I want to do something. And, and it so happened, I was on Twitter in those days. It just so happened. Uh, that I saw this image of carrying hands uh, from a Swiss artist. Uh, so I sent her this image on the same day and said, look, I want to do something like this and I want to uh, take your hand and then build around it and I, just allow me that flexibility but I don't want to do this. She said, fine. I mean, it's your baby, so go ahead and do, do what you want. Our school uh, has the uh, their motto, child is the father of man. Uh, it's a poem by uh, uh, William Wordsworth, right? Child is the father of man. Yeah. So I wanted to play on that. I wanted to do something which know, it's a very funny. You know, child is the father of man. You know, what does it mean? Uh, and uh, I just went through that poem again which I knew when, when I was a child and then something caught my attention. So it says my heart leaps up when I behold a rainbow in the sky. So was it when my life began so is it now I am a man or let me die. The child is the father of man and I wish, I could wish my days to be bound to each, each to each by natural piety. So I was, you know, doing this googling of this, what what did he mean by that? And one thing, you know, there are different interpretations of this poem, but one thing that struck me And it it bound each to each. So he wishes every day is bound each to each by natural piety, by natural divinity. Right? And then there's a reference saying that maybe he's talking about consciousness. He's talking about consciousness. Uh, uh, and, And then if you go back and see, so was it when my life began so is it now i am a man so be it when i shall grow old so what is that constant what is that changeless thing in your entire life if you look back what is it that doesn't change your entire body keeps changing right your thoughts keep changing everything about you changes but what is it that doesn't change is is awareness consciousness right is yeah. awareness is our consciousness that doesn't change what it was 20 years back what it is now is the same so then i said wow so then uh, and 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 then i said let me let me now make something on the basis of witness you know essentially if somebody comes to that place he should witness what he did when he was a child and you know how is it. so that's the thing and 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 so i asked uh, her to give me uh, so she gave the handball and we blew it up and then uh, she signed and that's the and, and that's the installation that you can see there that's uh, those those are our fingers which we took a mold and that is the first classroom that she 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 conducted she started the school with eight eight uh, students so that's the students okay. and and then because you we are celebrating 50 years I made the access like a, like a film reel, like a reel. Right, those you can see the the steps are like a reel. And that I made 50 steps to celebrate the 50 years. And totally in that in that that school, 5,000 students graduated uh, uh, in their uh, in the fifty years, so I planted five thousand plants and those 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 flowers are five thousand flowers and then <laughs> and then what I did was I took the names of all the five thousand children and engraved them as fingerprints on the fingers. so you can see oh. that you, you can see that the whole thing. They're all so. As much as the imprint that she had on them, they also had on, had on her. Right. So that was the idea in making all the five thousand names uh, imprinted as fingerprints. Right. Yeah. So that was the uh, that was the idea. But basically, the concept was that if a person comes there, he sits there in the classroom, and then he he walks down all the steps, and then he reads this note which talks about. How it is, he, he, he can think about his classmates who are all planted as those plants. He can think of the teacher and then look at his life gone by. So that was, the, and, and reflect on that. So that, that what you saw that Gomli's witness found its manifestation. Uh, so it, while well, somebody can see that, that this is, this is this is nothing but non-duality in the sense that it's a concept of witness uh, taken from something and it's just grown out like that.
2: We uh, so should do more installations like that. We should <laughs> so do more Abdul- installations. <laughs> Thank you.
1: So that's Abdul Kalam and uh, that's Manga Devi, my, uh, my founding principal. So that, uh, that was uh, five, five years back, and uh, that was a very great uh, occasion for me personally. Now, if you just look at, um, uh, we move on to these aphorisms. You know, uh, have you wondered? Uh, have you wondered? Uh, you know, the beauty of uh, sutras. You know, in in, a, in a, you know, there's a there's a abstruse uh, aphorism. There's a small sutra. And on that, you can write a 10,000-word commentary. Right? And uh, that 10,000-word commentary or a story yes. or this thing can be condensed into four words. From an from a, from a artistic point of view, it's, it's incredible. It, 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 that ability to expand and ability to compress. And uh, we don't do it uh, uh, often enough, but I just love the fact that if you are able to communicate as briefly as possible, something which is very profound uh, is it, very, very because it gives you a lot of uh, time to reflect. Uh, you know how did how, the, the the act of condensing things? It's a beautiful act, you know, because it's not an easy act to condense something into two words or three words, right? <laughs> because everything makes sense. It's not just randomly putting two words, right? Everything makes sense. The construction, everything makes sense. It's a beautiful thing. And it's always fascinating for me uh, to explore that. And of course, I don't know Sanskritam, and I don't know, uh, uh, but I just love that as a concept, as, as an artistic uh, concept. And, uh, you know, uh, this concept or, you know, Ikigai concept, uh, uh, the, the beauty of Ikigai got very famous because of this Venn diagram. Because that whole concept was able to be presented in this Venn diagram in terms of what you're good at, what you love, what the world needs, what you can be paid for. This Venn diagram is a very popular Venn diagram. You know, I use it uh, often uh, in in, in this. So I just love this concept of ability to abstract, condense, abstract, condense, and and expand, condense. This is just a beautiful thing to communicate. And uh, so... If you see the tagline uh, of uh, uh, Indic Academy on uh, self, selfless, and self,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it started as a poem. And, and it's just in those three words, I was trying to compress uh, my understanding of what I wanted to be, uh, to be as an enabler to uh, on behalf of Indic Academy to people whom I interact with, to condense that. So in the first, first round, when you read that self, selfless self, what does it mean? You know, Does anybody immediately understand? Uh, no. Self, selfless self. And one self is small and second self is small. The third self is capital S. And uh, so one is, so in a way, what I'm trying to communicate in that self, selfless self In my own way of uh, making an aphorism, is that I'm saying first discover your Sadharma. First discover what you're good at, what is your attitude, what is your skill set, uh, and and try to uh, understand yourself. Then try to work selflessly, right? Less self, less ego, selflessly. uh, Try to work for a Dharma. So then you work as an entrepreneur, you think of it, uh, work selflessly, the selfless part. So that's what you know, we encourage people to you know, set up uh, platforms and ask them to be independent. Like how you run Advaita Academy, uh, Yogni runs Indic Today, Abhinav runs uh, Indic Book Club. All these are, uh, they're working selflessly. And then the third stage with the capital self is discovery of yourself, which is the third part after you finish the Karma Yoga and get into uh, Gnana Gnana Marga, then uh, you get into the Self Marga, which is what we are trying to do now doing this uh, 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 three-year courses that we we talked about for Alveda Academy, this Yogacharya course, the Executive Course. All these things that we are trying to do is for people who are on that path of discovering the Capital Self. So this is, again, I've learned this uh, from just this concept of trying to uh, be as uh, uh, short and concise as possible. Now, this is something, uh, this is something which just struck me when uh, my, uh, my, uh, my family, nephews and nieces and all came, and they were all playing dumpshire And uh, I was uh, listening to Swamiji's talk on, uh, and 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 suddenly something struck me, is that if people ask me about karma yoga, can I can I tell about karma yoga in two words, in in two symbols, (laughs) you know, can I do it? Because again, this this whole thing of condensing, you know, the aphorism not be physical aphorism. This is just a physical part. Uh, You know, can I do it? Uh, And then it suddenly struck me uh ishwar arpana prasad bhavana right so uh, and it just it just suddenly struck me that uh, i can just do this arpana right i can do do this and yeah. i can do this and i can do this right so i'm, I'm accepting the sadam i'm 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 doing this just two simple karma yoga is explained that's it and uh, I, I, in fact uh, i i tell my uh, I, I tell my uh, son and I I, I I often pray like this when i in the morning I, I, I actually physically do this saying that i'm offering all my will my effort uh, at your feet uh, and the evening i actually uh, thank uh, like this so it's a very simple what? way of uh, ishwar arpana prasad to cultivate that you know everything is at you, at your lotus feet. And whatever has happened during the day, thank you very much. And you accept it as a prasadam. So this again, it goes back to, you know, this, the desire to <laughs> communicate through symbols, concise, you know, those kind of things. So this is something, you know, this is uh, some of these things i want wanted to do at some point in time, but you know, we, we talk about we are not the bodies, right? So that's a very important uh, non dualistic teaching. And how do we go about understanding that, you know? Like, uh, you know, so again, I, I, there's a hotel room that Anthony Gormley built uh, mm-hmm. in, in in London. Um, so I just finished, in fact, I had a fortune to meet, I was fortunate to meet him then I was in london and I, I went to this hotel in Mayfair and the sculpture was there there's actually a room, and in that room okay. it's, it's an inside of a of a man inside of a man there's only one bed there, and there's nothing else but then you can see all the counters of the inside of a man right okay. so this is the you can see that that shape there that's a man sitting. Mm-hmm. Can you see that? Can you see this? Yeah, 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 yeah. This, is a, this is a man's. This is a hotel. This is a hotel room, and this one is a special suite. This this is sculpture made by Anthony Omni. in which there's only one bed, and you can see the insides of a man. <laughs> so I, I you wow. know,
2: that's, 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 that's very beautiful.
1: <laughs> yes, and I find it very fascinating, and I think that you know if if I want to meditate on the panchakosha theory. And look at you know different layers of my body. It's go- better to go inside a body and then you know meditate and uh, do mananam on that. The other thing is when I was watching this uh, movie Gravity. Uh, you know, uh, beautiful movie. It's just an extraordinary movie, beautifully taken and all that. And then I suddenly remembered Kalpana Chawla, uh, Indian, who died in the Columbus. Uh, uh, She's from Haryana. And uh, so I suddenly remembered her immediately after watching this movie, I remembered her. I remembered an interview of her I read in, 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 in those days. And one of the things she talks about is saying that in space, where there's no gravity, you are just your thoughts. You know, in the interview, she says that, you know, you are just your thoughts. After watching this movie, I suddenly remember that interview which I read you know, 15 years back, 15-20 years back and then I suddenly scrambled upon it and then I got that and, and then, then it just struck me why don't we at some point in time when the costs come down, w- whenever I want to uh, meditate on Nirvana Shatkam, and whenever I want to meditate that I'm not the body I wear a space suit <laughs> and go into a, a, a chamber where there's no gravity. Cap- right and then you don't feel your body right and then you're just thinking about your your thoughts and then maybe you can go into your reflective consciousness and anchor yourself there so so for me uh, this is one of the experiments I, I want to do it sometime in my life and the cost come down Just you know create a, a, a anti gravity chamber for meditation on uh, nirvana <laughs> yeah. so this this is the other one I found very interesting, and I'm going to do this someday. There's a sculptor called Alva S- Balasubramanian. He created this from odonil, from a refresher. You know, refresher and odonil in the bathroom, it actually melts, it, it, it just dissolves. Right? It, it It just dissolves uh, because it, it interacts with the air uh, after you remove the foil and, and it, interacts it, it just dissolves and, and it goes in there so he was very fascinated with that and then he he went to them and then he created this this bust made of um, uh, 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 refreshment. so he puts it in a glass cubicle and after three months the whole uh, bust disappears so someday i want to I want to three d print my bust. And put it in a glass case, and I want to observe uh, as I meditate on Nirvana Shakti. I want to observe that uh, thing disappear. You know, it's just a beautiful concept to understand that uh, you are not the body. You know, it's just figuratively. It's just uh, something which uh, fascinates me. You know. it's it's there's so much of intellectualization and so much of uh, ego that uh, we we all uh, have. everything is a uh, you know, ego driven understanding is ego driven and then we tend not to uh, surrender you know that surrender uh, because it's an intellectual exercise and then the surrender is lost and 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 uh, I was listening to Swamiji's talk Swami Pramathananda's talk on. on on uh, choicelessness, and uh, and and then, then um, I have this uh, sculptor uh, called Ma Yu. Uh, this sculpture is, uh, uh, you know, he, he is actually a Chinese artist. He's is fighting the Mao and his is fighting the communists. But he through this, you know, the way he he surrenders, you know, what Swamiji says, you know, for. A logical problems, there are logical solutions. For non-logical problems, there are no choices. Choicelessness—you know—surrender is the only thing. There are no solutions. So somehow I could I could understand this better. This is a very very interesting uh, 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 sculpture uh, by a South Korean artist called Maya Lin. She's an architect in uh, in New York. And she came to uh, prominence when she did design the Vietnam Memorial in Washington. And uh, this is called Wave Field. This is in a sculpture park called Storm King, which is just outside uh, New York. And uh, so I was very excited. This is, you know, one of the best sculpture parks out there, and one of the biggest ones. So when I went there, I was very excited to uh, to come there. This is I was on uh, on on the top of a hill. And and uh, I knew that uh, her work. But uh, the moment I saw this, you know what struck me? Uh, you know, when I saw these waves, I, I saw the mountains there. And I saw the waves there. I saw the Samundar there. I saw the ocean there. And I saw the waves here. You see? That's uh, uh, so beautiful that you can see that there is no difference between the sculpture pieces that she has done and the actual mountains that are there. So all I could think of uh, the wave and the ocean, uh, and, and 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 that was just uh, what was uh, striking to me that you know you have the real mountains and here these smaller mounds are all the man-made mountains, right? So it just uh, struck me. And then I was thinking, you know, that, uh, Shankar Bhagavan's thing about, I know you're not different from me, uh, but I surrender to you just like a wave surrenders to the ocean. I don't remember the Sanskrit version, but the essence is that, you know, I felt that, you know, you could see the actual ocean there and you could see the, the, the smaller version of the waves there. And then you can see that interaction between these two, and then suddenly very profound feeling, uh, you know, just over. It's one of those uh, very, very sacred feeling I had when I when I visited this. Maunavya kya prakati? Beautiful, now that's learning from silence. Dakshinamudh You've written a book on Dakshinamut Sotram. And, uh, you know, it's just fascinating. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just fascinating that you can actually teach through silence, learn from silence. It's just beautiful. It's just, uh, just so profound. Um, I don't know. Every time I listen to that, uh, it just gives me beautiful feelings about that whole thing just just listening to the sultan itself. And uh, so it always stays with you, you know? you know, what is that construct? I mean, you know, that whole concept of teaching through silence, what a beautiful construct, stays with me. And then I came across this, uh, this, this person, this John Cage is a piano, yeah? he is he, a musician. And uh, he created this, uh, this piece, called 4.33. So for 4 minutes, 33 seconds, he sits before a piano, opens it, and then just sits like that silently, then closes it, and that's the piece. Right? And uh, it's a very interesting, uh, uh, very, very popular, because there's no music. So an artist, musician, uh, he's playing, uh, there's no playing. Right? So what does it mean? It means that there's an absence of something, right? There's an absence of music. And it just stayed with me. And then I actually was, was trying to Google him and, and understanding, you know what? There is an Indian Vedantic influence there. <laughs> in the 50s, oh.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it when I discover these things. Geeta Sarabhai uh, from the Sarabhai family, uh, Geeta Sarabhai, she was in the US to learn Western music and all. And then she met John Cage. And then she told him about uh, uh, you know, how to quieten your mind, how to still your mind, how to be silent, all those things. And, and, and that sort of influenced him to come up with this. This is, this music or lack of music is seminal. It's just, and this stays with me. You know, This see how a thought of silence, then it traverses somewhere else, it travels somewhere else, and it becomes like this. And then this is, a, this is an artist called Fred Sandback. What you're seeing here is a museum in, in, in at least three, four rooms are dedicated to him. They're all thin pieces of thread, right? There's just thread hanging from. There's nothing else there. But there's an illusion that they're very straight, and there's an illusion. But they're just thin threads there, right? And, and that artist, actually, when he started creating this, he wanted to remove as much material as possible. Right? So, in a way, John Cage is absence of sound. Sandback is absence of material. Right? So I I so starting from Dakshinamu Sotram to John Cage, to Sandback. I am always thinking about what does it mean to remove something, and what can you remove? What can you learn from removing that?
2: Right? And, and
1: then I so this, reminds another...
2: me of, uh, this reminds me of this reminds me of the Yoga Sutra verse: "Chitta Vritti Nirodha." You know the yeah Vritti of the mind is you know vanquished and wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. So I it, it, said, so this is
1: this is. It looks like a plate. Actually, if you visit there, this looks like a plate, but there's it's no plate. There's just beautifully put strings, and it looks like as if a plate is, you know, hanging around. <laughs> uh, and uh, then it struck me there, there, and then I was like, in, in, "This is in, again, you in know, New York, Dia Beacon." I was just thinking, you know, thought is my material, you know, thought. Uh, thought is a material, and 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 uh, and and. Supposing I make a movie, uh, wherein I am making a movie, wherein you enter the movie theater for ninety minutes. There's no visuals, and only a sound gives you the uh, uh, you know uh, the story. So you are actually going to a theater to watch a movie, which doesn't have visuals. Just imagine. And, and and someday I want to make that a movie without visuals, uh, uh, you know, with a storyline and you know proper storyline. It could be drishyaviveka. Uh, it could be it could be an adventure also. It could be like in Mount Peru or it could be anything. You know, I'm trapped in a cave. I can't see anything. I'm trying to come out of the cave, and the whole story is. You know, there can be any number of stories wherein there's no visual but there's a movie. So what does it mean? You are, there's an absence of something, you're removing something and then communicating and teaching, right? And and, and to me, that's very fascinating. And then I, I, I thought of this, uh, came up with this idea called art without material. Supposing I am uh, sitting uh, like a satsang, I'm sitting and there are five people who have come to listen about my art and uh, they close their eyes and I close my eyes and i describe what the art i have in my mind to the minutest detail to the excruciating detail to complete detail i visualize the whole thing and they in turn visualize it but there's no material it's just expression and 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 uh, and, and reception right so you, it is art that i am doing art in a satsang where i am describing a sculpture that i have divided I did, of you know, design and I, I I'm doing it and uh, you know I, I, I want to do this at some point in time maybe you will you will be my bakra and we can do this but actually in a way if you think uh, you know this, this is like uh, it's like there's no creation ultimately they are papavad, you know you know I I talk to you about creation of art and then there's no art <laughs> get out you know I don't know but uh, yeah this is uh, this is how i learned from that simple thing of uh, you know teaching through silence it's just fascinating it is fascinating brhadaranyaka upanishad you know this uh, there is a tale in uh, upanishad in, in this upanishad about the the five senses about prana about Prajapati, and, and they have a fight. You remember that uh, they have a fight uh, as to who is superior. You know, the eye has
2: This is a tale
1: that was there, you know, 3,000 years ago that was uh, between uh, and, and then there's a resolution. You know, this is a beautiful tale, right? It is there. And, and then this movie called Inside Out, which came three years ago, I was watching this movie. It's a beautifully drafted, beautiful movie. I don't know. Have you seen this movie?
2: Have yeah. yeah, it? it's, it's very good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know how we are doing for time, but this, this, uh, it, all the emotions are there. And then you have, you know, people can watch this. If they've not watched this, you even watch the trailer and you'll understand what I'm talking about. So they have all these concepts of subconscious memory, and uh, you know all the emotions. Uh, you know there's an interplay between that. So when I first saw the movie, I was like, "Wow, this is a brilliant movie." Then it, I remembered saying that you know what we had a similar concept way back. You know, like Vedanta Nigam talked about a similar <laughs> construct. Like, <laughs> and then I was immediately googling and saying that is, did he copy my you know my Vedanta? You know what you know what happened? Was he influenced? You know my 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 my. Quest is always to see the tracing back the influence, but then I discovered that there's already a, there's a copyright uh, dispute going on between you know somebody claims saying that this was my story and this was my story and all that. But so far, so I wanted to intervene in that case and say, "Boss, this is brother Nikkhonish's story." <laughs> 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 you know, hang on, hang on. We have, we've been there before, and uh, yeah, it's just fascinating, and. Um, from this, I am very keen of uh, creating a couple of stories. I, I want to uh, write a story using our construct about, uh, about uh, you know, buddhi, uh, manas, atma, uh, about vasanas. Uh, you know, you can actually write a story developing from the Vedad uh, and parable and actually see the struggles that uh, all seekers face. You know, we all face these struggles. Uh, we we are tempted. Uh, we have to work hard. We want to be selfless. You know, all these struggles that go in our mind, if they're actually portrayed like inside out, the struggles of a seeker and present everything, you know, how the interplay between the emotions and the the senses, uh, you know. I I want to eat this. I should be eating this. From there, to I should get up in the morning, and study. You know, uh, the, the the lazy analysis said, it "Don't It's okay. No problem. Guruji will be okay." You know, <laughs> you you can actually write the struggles of a seeker from inside the mind of a seeker using this uh, kind of a, a a template. You know. And it will be a fascinating uh, uh, tale, in in in, in my uh, in my opinion, if
2: somebody should write about uh, write this. That... The I other thing uh, oh, run time. Yeah, so I think we are already one hour into the discussion. Okay, so, so we we'll
1: probably so will break it up into that... two parts. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Okay, we'll wrap it up in time.
2: Yeah. Great. Yeah, uh, So is something which, yeah. uh, uh, you know, um, yeah. Let me quickly. Uh,
1: so this one is about uh, consciousness, and uh, you know, there's this new concept called stream of consciousness, and uh, uh, there's a there's a there's a new form like James Joyce and a few authors. They've written stream of consciousness. There is an inner monologue of writing. So I I came up with this theory that why don't we write on the stream of consciousness about consciousness. So, so I want to write an essay, uh, uh, you know, about consciousness, but write it in the form of a stream of consciousness without, uh, you know, without full stop, without punctuations and all that. So I actually wrote a paragraph on that, but we can deal with it later. You know, this is something which this is a movie called Memento. I don't know whether you've seen this movie called Gajani. Uh It's a very interesting I movie. Hindi, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the original movie is called Memento and that is about this memory and, uh, you know, the concept of memory. So this is something which, uh, I, which I want to explore more deeper uh, about memory. And uh, one of the things in this movie is that there are two tracks. Of, one is a forward track which is in black and white and one which is in backward and then they connect. That's Christopher Nolan of uh, Inception. This was his first movie. It's a fantastic movie. You should watch it. You'll understand this concept of memory in a, in a very, very uh, cinematic way this is an artist uh, i discovered in singapore and he also is focused on memories and what you see there is huge uh photographic prints uh, in, like uh, like a cinema reel right so you you, you it's, it's just a cinema reel uh photos like how the 35mm photos are there right so the one on the right side is bigger ones and the one on the smaller the left side is the smaller ones. So you have that, um, uh, that kind of, an. you can see the right side is the slightly bigger ones. The left side is like a haze. So he's exploring memory, saying that there's some memory which is like a haze, some memory which is more uh, like you can more clearly remember. So the moment I saw this in an in, in, in exhibition, I said the first thing I saw it is, you know, how memory is like, you know, what, what can I, it suddenly I wanted to look at snake and rope. <laughs> you know, and then I came up with this idea. I went to, uh, I, I sent my son, my my, my nephew to uh, Shanghai. He was in Beijing and, and he went and met the artist. So this is one of the Chinese artists and he was prepared to do it for me. So I wanted him to take the Memento movies uh, uh, film and create this for me. So I wanted a layer, memento, this Chinese layer, and I wanted a snake and a rope. So you know I, I, okay. I engage with him. <laughs> so this is what I wanted. So you can see this. can you see this now? This is a draft kind of a thing that I made. But if you see on the left side, there's a small can you see this? Okay, there, there's yeah. a snake. Can you see the snake? Closing. Yes.
2: Yeah yeah. The, yeah. Can
1: you see that snake?
2: closely yeah it's visible yes yeah.
1: so so my idea was one is a, one one is a snake from the memory and the other one is a rope and and then from the memories that you are seeing that uh, you can you can you can make it you cannot make it you know it's there subtly it's there <laughs> so i wanted to explore this whole concept of how you take something from your memory and superimpose it on on something that you see and um, yeah, someday we'll get this uh, done. This is a very, uh, I'll just take 10 more minutes and I'll close it. Uh, a very interesting thing of revealing the self. This is an artist, uh, uh, my friend, Aparna Rao, she is from uh, Bangalore. And this is very, very interesting because what you're seeing are those paintings there. Those paintings move. They call you. But when you go to them, they don't move. Basically, this this uh, this is like a chamber in in, in Japan that uh, she she did installation. What you're seeing is those these are like paintings, right? You can can you see this? This is the, can you see this? Can, can, yeah, can you see yeah. that? Yeah, That's a, that's automatically yeah. moving. So when nobody's in front of it, uh-huh. when nobody's in front of it, it moves and it sort of calls you. And then you uh-huh. go there, it doesn't move. <laughs> it's, very, it's very fascinating and, and, and I'll share the link later. But the, the moment I saw that it's like our our tendency to objectify the self, right? We sort of study the self and, and I, 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 I I and from there I, I, I went and said, Look, I want to create this installation myself and I spoke to her and I said look instead of these 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 things, I want to have I want to have mirrors. Okay. I want to have mirrors which when I walk, so the mirror is calling me. So when I walk, the mirror doesn't move. And then the mirror I can see it's very dirty. Right? My image is not clear. Malam. Right? Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking at myself, the self is calling me, and then I can I can I cannot see myself very clearly. Right? And then I walk and walk and slowly as as I, I as I my karma yoga happens, and all that happens. Then slowly, all that the the, the dust clears, the the mind purifies, and I'm able to see more and more and more of myself. But then, in the last chapter, last section of this room, uh, where the Nanakanda, it's just I can't see anything. It's beautiful, it's clean, it's plain, it's a mirror, but my image is not there, because consciousness, after a point, you can't reflect it, right? So. <laughs> so I want to create this installation uh, in that format to study this part of how the mind, you have to purify your mind purify the mind and then you can't see it, now, this is this is other installation that I want to do. it's a pity I couldn't show it but yeah, then uh, this is the large magnum opus uh, there's an artist called James Turrell he works with light as material I've been talking about I've been talking about thought as material, right? He works as light in space, light as material. So his entire work is focused on how do I sculpt using light? And this is is, is fantastic. So he bought this crater 45 years ago. It's called Rodent's Crater. (laughs) It's in Arizona district. It's in Arizona state. And uh, you you can see uh, like a shiveling there, right? So it's a crater. It's an artwork he's working on for the forty-five years. It's going to be inaugurated in a year or so, and it's an interplay on how to present light and space and astronomy. And it's just a fantastic artwork. There are some twenty-seven spaces within this crater that you can uh, enjoy uh, the work. Now, this is see see how huge this is. So inside, so he, he works on, uh, you can see how he looks at the sky from inside, how he presents, uh, captures the sky. So now the sankalpam that I have taken is that uh, I want to take my niece uh, Rukmini, uh, Vijay Kumar, she is going to dance after tomorrow uh, for this inauguration to make her dance she just finished uh, uh, doing um, a dance at the chidambaram uh, uh, temple you know you know chidambaram temple is very unique in the sense that they, they, they the, the lord is space you know it, the, the element space is the lord there yeah, so, yeah. so i i am seeing and she just finished in the shivratri She was dancing there, and we we're publishing a book. Uh, I, so I told her that, look, I want to produce a, a dance performance by you. I want to, uh, a show uh, at Rodin's Crater where the artist, you know, the celebration of light and space, and we have an Indian artist uh, doing uh, a tribute to our, our space and Shiva, you know. Just imagine, I mean, just just go back to seeing that whole thing. I mean, this, is, this would be, you know, one of my life dreams if I'm able to pull this off. I don't know. I was telling Rukmini that, uh, look, I know you. I am there. We don't know yet James Saril, so we have to ask him, but we'll get there. So, <laughs> so we'll get there. But just imagine that whole thing of Rodin's Crater, and then you have Rukmini there dancing, um, you know, tribute to, oh, man, that would be fantastic. So that's the thing. The other thing uh, is the last one is the the tribute to uh, uh, Jagat, because I believe that uh, you know there's so much of over intellectualization that's happening, and I want people to get back a sense of devotion. And I think a lot of uh, Westerners who are searching for spirituality uh, are, are doing it at with an ego or doing it at the intellectual level. At some point in time. Uh, they would come to surrender. They would come to devotion. That is the easiest entry. The pathway for them would be worshipping the nature because uh, that's an easy access. Uh, because anyway, they're environmentalists. Uh, they're, they're worried about the environment. So there's an angle of being an environmentalist and, and therefore expressing devotion to environment is an easy, uh, 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 easy access uh, to, to bhakti. So I, this is the environment park that we are trying to create uh, here in Hyderabad, and the whole thing would be based on uh, uh, display of devotion to uh, to the nature and uh, and, 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 and celebrating uh, so uh, jagat, so to speak. So this is the last one, uh, Nitin. Uh, understanding Mummuksham. This is a uh, uh, this uh, Vietnamese artist. Um, and this is uh, something when i when i saw this i could see when i that that determination with which they were walking towards a particular goal i could see that mumukshutvam and i i uh, i don't know i want to end this with saying that look would i would i ever be uh, would i always be outside this uh, image appreciating this or would i actually have the uh, uh The qualification uh, and the muhukshatram to uh, set on the path of uh, liberation. So, I don't know that yet, but uh, thank you very much for patiently listening to all my uh, theories on non dualism and art. And it's been wonderful
2: uh, explaining myself. And uh, thank you so much. I have a very quick question uh, before we wrap up. Uh, uh, so I asked this before, and I, I think the audience would be interested to know as well. So when you shared your ideas, your interpretations of Vedanta, of some of the artworks with the artists, so how was their response?
1: Like the Chinese artist was very. I mean, I explained to him. You know, I had uh, you know I had a Skype conversation with him, and I said, Look, why I want memento? Why I believe in snake and rope and illusion and all that? He was very, uh, very um, uh, receptive. In fact, there was an artist whom I corresponded. He was doing Blind Leading the Blind. Uh, uh, You know, uh, it it, it features in Katha Upanishad. And there was a Chinese artist I discovered who was doing a series of paintings on uh, Blind Leading the Blind. So that's a very fascinating, uh, uh, you know, the journey of, uh, uh, sorry, a very fascinating journey. Uh, so whomever I, I discover, I mean, I don't present it as, uh, as, as our, our thought, but they're just interested in, in that, uh, that idea itself, because that, that is very profound and very, very deep. You know, the, I want to create this genre uh, called non-dualism in contemporary art. Uh, because, it, it, for example, minimalism started in the fifties and sixties, and the impact of minimalism actually, minimalism was all coming from our uh, uh, our uh, culture only, and subsequently it has been appropriated and, and then sort of secularized and all that. But uh, I think the world is, uh, you know, just if you see the trends in art uh, now, if we if we sort of a school of, you know, artists who create works that are based on Upanishadic thought uh, and and, and non-dualistic thought.
2: I think it would be a great thing. Yeah. Wonderful. wonderful. Uh, So with this, I think uh, we will finally wrap up. (laughs) Thank you. It was was wonderful hearing you and I I find it very fascinating. All these different thoughts and how we can, you know, actually go deeper into our Atavaita uh, Vedanta the reflection on the aphorisms. we artistic medium you know, the, 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 the predominantly the you know, we're so used to a rational approach and uh, somehow this, this, uh, the artistic approach creative approach uh, seems to have sideline so hopefully uh, this, this is you know, brought out more and more in
0: coming time. Thank you for this discussion. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, that was really a fantastic journey. Fantastic journey. I, I remember only one, one Shanti part of Upanishad which we started with. Purnamada, Purnamidam, Purnat, Purna Madach, Purnasya Purna Purna-syapurna-madaya, purna purna Purnameva Vashishate. Adas is Purna. Idam is Purna. By investigating into Adas and Idam you realize the identity between Adas and Idam. What a fantastic way of, of investigating Idam in form of art to reach others in form of Brahman. Fantastic, fantastic and fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for fascinating conversation, Harikaranji and Nitin Shrederji.